The reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, and you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Are you tired of this yet? Is anyone else out there just a little bit antsy or generally on edge? Do you find your days running together in a meaningless blur? Like if you weren't hearing from your pastor right now, would you be able to say that today is Sunday? The official Twitter account for the state of New Jersey has been tweeting out what day of the week it is in all caps, like Sunday, Monday. It's an essential government service for these times because we've lost the rhythms of our week, the small markers that add drama and structure to our days, the things we used to rely on to bring us joy and meaning. We're definitely not where we were. We all know that. But we aren't where we're going yet either. In fact, we don't even know where we're going, what new normal we're headed toward, nor do we know how we will get there. We're in this murky middle where nothing seems certain and every response you give is tentative, and every plan you make better have five different contingencies. 
This is why we are antsy. Most of us simply are not used to standing on such shaky, shaky ground. It's not an especially joyous feeling to not know pretty basic things about your life, like when can I see my mom, or will I be able to travel in July, or will I have a job in six months? Yet here is where we find ourselves, the murky middle. And I wonder if you respond to being in this murky middle like I do. Do you find yourself grasping for what's next? Looking for solid ground somewhere out in the future? For a timeline of when we can move past all of this? Are you looking for a way forward? We've been trying to think ahead here at church. What will May look like? What about summer? Fall? We want to know where we are headed and where the solid ground is. And we thought this past week that we were going to get the plan that we craved. The Minneapolis Area Synod, which is the local network of Lutheran churches, organized a conference call for pastors with Dr. Dr. Michael Osterholm, who works for the University of Minnesota and whose decades of research and expertise into infectious diseases has meant that he has been sought out by presidents and governors and the CDC and the WHO and that he's been interviewed on just about every news program that you can think of. Surely someone like this would have answers for us. Surely he'd show us the way out of the murky middle. But no. Instead, we heard a great I don't know from this expert. There's still a lot we don't know about this virus, he said. There's still a lot we don't know about exactly how it spreads. There's still a lot we don't know about the different trajectories the next several months could bring in terms of infection rates and what our lives might look like under these different sets of circumstances. So no plan. But what he did seem certain about is that we're gonna be dealing with this virus and the uncertainty it brings for a good while now. And so that, that rather than something that we get through, this pandemic is going to be something that we have to live in. So perhaps, he suggested, we ought to get a little bit more comfortable with the shaky ground of the murky middle. This is not the answer I had hoped for. I wanted a plan to point me to solid ground future, but instead I got plopped back down right in the shaky present that I wanted to be rescued from. Jesus tells us today that where he is, there we will be also. But the reverse is also true. Where we are, there Jesus will be also. And that means Jesus is here. 
Jesus is here in the present. But are we? I think that sometimes when the present is rough, we figure out a way to live in the future. We set out to bypass our current discomfort by occupying our minds with an imagined brighter tomorrow. Just get me through this, we say, and then I will be at peace. Just a couple more days or weeks, heads down, take it, grin and bear it, and then my life will turn around and I will know God's favor and blessing. We crave certainty and predictability and a world that makes sense. And if we can't find it in the, in the present, then we build it in the future. And this isn't bad. This kind of thinking can really help us out. If we're suffering, we simply cannot suffer all the time. And dwelling in an imagined future can give us a needed respite. But if we build our whole house there and move in, then we miss Jesus, present with us here and now. A Jesus who is building us a dwelling place, even in this murky middle. This story from scripture takes place at the table of Jesus' last supper. He knows that the next day he will die and then rise three days later. He's trying to prepare the disciples for change they cannot comprehend and for the shaky ground they are going to inhabit. Jesus tries to give them courage to convince them that they will have what they need and that he will still be with them through it all. He tells them about God's house and how it has many rooms and how he himself will prepare a dwelling place for each of us. His disciples, much like us, think that Jesus is talking about the future, something that happens to us after we die. And yes, we can trust that Jesus will be active in the future, but Jesus here is talking about the present. The word he uses is dwelling places, and that is intentional. Dwelling, abiding, this word is one of the central themes that Jesus is about throughout John's gospel. Jesus repeatedly invites all people to dwell or abide in him, to be in relationship to the Holy One, to find their rest and receive life from God, just like branches on a vine. And Jesus says that there are many of these dwelling places, not just one, not just the one we think of. These dwelling places aren't far off in the future. They are now, in this moment. Each moment is an opportunity to connect with and be nourished by God. Each moment is a dwelling place for God and a place where we might dwell in God. This is not what the disciples want to hear. They want assurance of a stable future. They want to exit 
the shaky present. And so they ask Jesus for his plan. Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. And listen, I know that there have been a lot of really harmful interpretations of this verse that collapse the mystery of Christianity into an attitude of, we have the whole truth and no one else does, and you better just fall in line and believe really hard or else. And in another sermon, I'd really want to unpack those assumptions. But today, let's just consider what it means that Jesus chooses to identify himself not as a destination, but as the journey. Because that's what the word means. Road, path, way. Jesus identifies himself not with a finished product, but with the process. Jesus is telling us, that our lives aren't a journey to God, but a journey with God and in God. God comes so close to us in Jesus that God becomes the very path we walk on. Though we do not know where it leads, we can always see the ground under our feet right now in the present and that ground is God and God's presence with us. This is why Jesus says at the beginning, do not let your hearts be troubled. Not because there aren't things that should trouble us, but because the troubles are never the only thing that there is. There is always around, in, with, and under our troubles the dwelling place of God's presence. Though it might be shaking, the ground is always under our feet. We are never not on the way. We are always in the presence of God. And that sets us free. Free to live in these ambiguous times. Free to set aside our need for a plan. Free to be shaped by God's presence in this moment free to follow Jesus where he goes, to make his way our way, to do the very things he does throughout this gospel, extending compassion to ourselves and others, weeping with those who grieve, crying out for justice, steadying each other when it feels like the ground we walk on is shaky and cannot see the way ahead. And briefly here, really briefly, we know that while this ground is shaking for all of us from this pandemic, African Americans in our country have long been standing in the painful, murky middle of racism and how it results in the murder of people like Ahmaud Armory. And I wonder, I wonder this morning what it might mean for us to follow the Jesus path into that realm of hurt and pain and murkiness. For in all things, even the tough ones, we are freed to follow Jesus where he goes and trust that God is working somehow, even when we cannot see where we're headed or how we'll get there. For God is making a way where there seems to be no way.
listen, plans are important, and we will put one together as a church. But for all the logistical questions we're going to be asking together about the future, the most important ones, the most important questions are spiritual ones about the present. Where are we now? And how is Jesus dwelling with us here? And where is he calling us to go from here? Look down, church. The ground is still under your feet. We do not know the way, but we know that Jesus is our way. He is our dwelling place, and so we are always at home, and we can never be lost. Amen.